TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm pleased to be joined with you today to give an update on the COVID-19 actions that have gone on in Erie County, as well as update on individuals who may have contracted the illness. Uh, I'm joined, of course, by our Deputy County Executive, uh, Maria White, who's been working very hard as co-chair of a task force with regards to child care for uh, first responders, individuals associated with the uh, public health response and others. Uh, we, this is not a child care for every individual in the community and, and uh, Deputy County Executive White will also discuss those issues. And we're also joined by our Health Commissioner, Dr. Gail Burstein, and uh, she'll be leaving the seat or entering the seat after uh, Deputy County Executive White leaves hers so that we can give everyone an opportunity to hear from all the issues that are going on. We're also joined by representatives from the Emergency Services uh, Department as well as the Sheriff's Office and if uh, we need to have additional comments from them we will ask them to come up. Uh, we as usual have a PowerPoint presentation and uh, the PowerPoint presentation is based on the latest information that we have. Uh, the situation has continually rapidly evolved. Uh, it is uh, changing by the minute. As you know, we originally had scheduled a press conference for 2 o'clock today. Uh, it actually seems like that was three days ago because there's so much that's happened in the meantime. Uh, we didn't feel comfortable at that time holding a press conference, basically because a lot of the information that we're going to be able to reveal to you to now, including important information regarding the whereabouts and travel of individuals who are positive for COVID-19, we would not have been able to provide you earlier in the day. But now that the epidemiologists have finished their review of individuals who were determined to be positive yesterday, we now have the ability to uh, announce that information. So we delayed it from uh, earlier, but that was because it was in the best interest of the community to have accurate information. And basically, we didn't have a whole lot of information at that point. Already talked about, and we know the, pretty, the protocol we follow in this, uh, but I'd like to turn it over to our Deputy County Executive uh, to talk about our Child Care Task Force. And so I'm going to hand her the mouse for the PowerPoint presentation. And uh, there's the slide deck there. But uh, Deputy County Executive Maria White, who's been very actively involved in preparing a child care task force. 
Terrific. Thank you so much, County Executive, and thank you for your strong leadership during this time. Uh, today, Social Service Commissioner and uh, Marie Cannon and I convened a meeting via conference call uh, on an emergency child care task force. We were so pleased to be joined uh, by some stellar organizations that have stepped up to provide leadership very quickly in this time the State Office of Child and Family Services, the YMCA, the YWCA, the Oshai Foundation, the Boys and Girls Club of Buffalo, the Jewish Community Center, the Family Help Center, Blue Cross and Blue Shield, the Child Care Resource Network, Kaleida, and Peace of Mind have all come together uh, just in this very short time period to form this task force. On Monday, Governor Cuomo ordered every school district in the state to submit a plan to ensure children of healthcare workers and first responders have access to childcare so that the school closures do not strain the hospitals specifically. The governor's directive also called for plans to include a strategy for distance learning and meal distribution for those children. Erie County is thus coordinating with some of those school districts to help with that effort, and the plans are due to the governor's office and state education department tomorrow at 5 o'clock. The governor also issued an executive order suspending several child care regulations, which allows the Office of Children and Family Services to issue waivers around ratio and capacity for child care centers. If facilities advance a plan of action to OCFS, they have broad authority to issue waivers. The YMCA is now using their facilities exclusively for daycare and contracting with several school districts to provide those services. The Y has already contracted or is in the process of contracting with over 10 different school districts across the county to provide daycare, in most cases free of charge, for students aged 5 to 12 from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Healthcare workers and first responders are simply asked to provide proof of their job which is either their badge or a letter from their supervisor uh, to access that service. Erie County is reaching out to local universities and colleges coordinate use of their on-campus child care centers, including Buffalo State College, UB, and all three Erie County community campuses. And we are coordinating with the HR directors and personnel departments of health care providers, municipalities, and unions to help assess the level of need for child care for first responders and health care workers in our community. The county executive has asked that we move quickly on our next steps, and we are already uh, proceeding with assessing the need through the HR departments. That is our most immediate next step. We have also uh, begun to assess the space available, especially since we are practicing social distancing and we need to have more spaces so that fewer children are congregated together. We are creating a list of daycare centers, both public and private, that are available and what capacity they have. And we are using the Child Care Resource Network to communicate existing plans to the public. We are also working with OCFS on the waiver requests they said they would entertain. Our next conference call is on Friday, County Executive, and we will gladly provide ongoing updates. The most important thing that the public can do at this time is to not send your children to daycare if you are working from home and if you are not a first responder. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deputy County Executive White. It is, uh, I really appreciate all the work that you've done, along with Commissioner Marie Cannon 
and your teams to uh, put together in very short order this task force and to move along the daycare, childcare needs for our first responders, our public health professionals, those that work in hospitals and so forth. It is a very daunting task, but they've actually accomplished a lot in a very short period of time. So thank you for doing it. And as uh, the deputy uh, county executive noted, uh, the public can help by not sending your children to daycare if you are working from home. I know people get a little cabin fever and they might want a day away from their children, but uh, we need to have the daycare, childcare available for our first responders and others who have to go to work uh, during this uh, COVID-19 crisis. Uh, I also want to talk about another organization or uh, help that's available. We're getting a lot of calls, uh, including to our uh, COVID-19 hotline that really shouldn't go to the COVID-19 hotline. And 211 Western New York is available to answer a lot of your calls. Uh, it is a operational uh, unit that is in effect 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It has updated resources with changes to local service hours and operations. It also can provide resources for individuals who are dealing with food insecurity, housing issues, unemployment assistance. And of course, it's very easy to contact. You can call in the 716 area code 211 or 888-696-9211. Or you can text code, the zip code to 89821. Uh, and 211 is available for you. Uh, so we're asking people to not call uh, the COVID-19 hotline if you have questions that really should go to 211, especially if you're asking about other services that are provided outside of Erie County government, including the private sector, as well as those with other local governments. Uh, we cannot answer the question with regards to have there been changes of trash pickup days in a particular town uh, the COVID-19 hotline is really for those who have medical questions and once again, not hypotheticals. Uh, we're joined by Karen and Kate here today from Deaf Access Services. I wanna thank our friends from Deaf Access Services for the tremendous work they're doing, not only for Erie County government, but they're also doing it for the city of Buffalo and I know Niagara County. Uh, we believe we are in need of additional ASL translators. So if you are a certified ASL translator and you're looking to volunteer, uh, we could always use you during our presentations, including our Facebook Live presentations. So we're asking those who are willing to volunteer as an ASL translator to please contact our Erie County Office for People uh, with Disabilities at 858-6215. Once again, uh, that is 858-6215 if you're willing to volunteer uh, your time to assist us in the presentations we have, whether it's a press conference, or it's a Facebook Live presentation. Uh, we want to ensure that we can communicate with all the individuals in our community, including those who have, may have a hearing impairment, and we want people to know that it's very important that we continue to do that, and we only have a limited number of ASL translators that are used to doing this, but that we know there's a lot of others out there who can do it, so we're asking those who are willing to volunteer your time to please consider it. Uh, we have a number of vulnerable populations and uh, we uh, will, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that and then I'll turn it over to, of course, our uh, doctor, uh, Gail Burstein of the Department of Health, our health commissioner. Uh, the number one vulnerable population associated with COVID-19 are seniors. And so we want folks to understand that it is seniors that are most at risk. That does not mean that anyone else couldn't get COVID-19, you can. 
and other individuals that are younger have in our community, but seniors are the ones that are most at risk for the, the worst type of, uh, of problems associated with this. Homeless individuals uh, are, are certainly a vulnerable population, and it's a population we are working on with our partners that help the homeless community address it as well. Uh, individuals have blood disorders, chronic kidney disease, chronic liver disease, a compromised immune system, a current or recent pregnancy in the last two weeks, endocrine or metabolic disorders such as diabetes, heart disease, lung disease, including asthma or COPD, and those with neurological conditions are a vulnerable population. So you may be a healthy individual at 30 years old, but if you've had a pregnancy in the last two weeks or current pregnancy, that you are much more compromised than, than you would be otherwise. So we're asking individuals that are in that population sphere to uh, take this very seriously and, and heed the advice of health professionals, starting with our health commissioner, Dr. Gail Burstein. And uh, I will, uh, I've been chided by a few people, including my mother, who is a nurse, who said I should refer to uh, Dr. Burstein as doctor, not doc, and that is true. Uh, so I would uh, turn over the slide deck to her now. Dr. Burstein, and for those of you who keep on saying it, I just want to remind you, she's been our health commissioner for eight years, including the members of the media. It is not Dr. Bernstein. If you ask our office to talk to Dr. Bernstein, we don't know who you're referring to. It's Dr. Gail Burstein. With that, Dr. Burstein. Thank you. So I uh, just want to go through the um, uh, account of the new, the updated uh, test results that we've received from our Erie County Public Health Lab. So on Tuesday, March 17th, yesterday, we were informed that we had uh, 13 new COVID-19 positive test results. And that made a total of 20 uh, total cases in Erie County. Today, on our uh, first uh, morning batch, we received one positive test result for a total of 21 uh, positive test results in Erie County thus far. However, the Erie County Public Health Lab is going to be running a couple more batches today and, uh, and this evening, so we do expect to receive more test results later today. And if I can note, uh, because I know it'll be asked, uh, the new case is from the town of North Collins, and I spoke to Supervisor uh, Tobia approximately an hour ago. Once again, this just goes to show that COVID-19 is everywhere in Erie County. Now this is one of the most southernest parts of Erie County. It's in the urban areas, it's in the suburban areas, and it's in the rural areas. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So um, as a result of our, our epidemiologists' in-depth case investigations, we have identified some areas where uh, we feel the public should be aware these individuals may have been uh, out and about in these areas or uh, going on, a, on, a, on planes uh, during the time where they could have been symptomatic. So uh, chronologically, I'm going to read you that list that is available on this PowerPoint. So on March 10th, uh, a, a person who was symptomatic uh, flew on WestJet airline flight four from London to Toronto that arrived at 11.10 a.m. Later that day, on March 10th, there was a passenger with who ended up being COVID-19 positive on United Flight 4233 from Chicago to Buffalo, arriving at 8.30 p.m. On March 11th, 
Uh, the, a potential exposure could have been at Wealth Now Urgent Care Center on Transit Road in East Amherst. On March 11th, between 3 and 7 p.m., there was a potential exposures on Larkin Center at 701 Seneca Street in Buffalo. And also on, uh, on March 11th, midday, uh, there was a person at the Robert H. Jackson United States Courthouse in Buffalo. On March 13th at 1 p.m. at Walmart in the Niagara Falls Boulevard in Amherst, New York, uh, was another uh, new potential exposure. And I will note that these, uh, these slides are available right now on my Twitter page, at MarkPolingCars.com, for any members of the media or otherwise who want to ensure they got accurate information. And then, um, what, again, I want to, um, to emphasize that these are, uh, these are individuals who are somewhere in this area um, and these, around these times, these dates and times. So it doesn't mean that a person who was at that same place at that same time had definitely come in contact with that individual. We're just letting you know that a person who was symptomatic and, and may have been transmitting of you know, virus at that time um, was at that place, but it doesn't mean that every individual had a close contact or are or potentially exposed. And so we do not want people from the community um, to call our, our hotline at 858-2929 because they were at the same place at the same time. It does not mean that you have a definite exposure. And we'll explain what we're recommending for people to do who are at these locations at the same time and, um, and the, when um, as these individuals who ended up having a positive were, uh, were located. So on, um, to continue the list, on March 14th, between 3 and 3.30, the Wegmans in Blaisdell. On March 14th, at 7.30 p.m., was the Bed, Bath & Beyond in the McKinley Mall. On March 14th, at 8.15 p.m., there was at the Bye Bye Baby in Williamsville. On March 15th, at 11.30 a.m., the Orange Theory Fitness at McKinley Mall. On March 15th at 1 p.m., the Walmart on Niagara Falls Boulevard in Amherst. On March 15th, midday, the CVS on Main Street in East Aurora. On March 16th at 3 p.m., the Target on Niagara Falls Boulevard in East Amherst. Again, these are places where there was somebody that uh, that was uh, symptomatic and had COVID, uh, ended up having a COVID-19 positive test was located. It doesn't mean that anybody who was in that area was definitely exposed. Um, remember, we need a you know, close contact to an individual, and many people, I'm sure, in these areas did not have any close contact to, uh, to the person that was infected. So again, um, what we want people to do is uh, stay at home if you can, um, but we, more importantly, we want people to monitor for symptoms. So we want people to check their temperatures uh, with a thermometer or else assessing how they feel, if they feel febrile at least twice daily, and also pay attention to your body. See if you have a cough or any shortness of breath. So those would be indications that you may have been infected from one of these, uh, you know, one of these areas, uh, at the, when a person who was positive was in these places at the same place in the same time. But
but it doesn't mean that you definitely were exposed and it does not mean you were definitely infected. And if you have questions about your own individual health, um, I suggest that you call your healthcare provider uh, with those questions. Again, it does not mean that you were definitely exposed or you were definitely infected. We just want that, but there, we did, there is a risk. We can't say there's no risk. There is a risk, so we want people to monitor themselves for potential signs and symptoms of COVID-19. Doctor, you said uh, somebody was febrile. What does that mean for the average person Thank at you. home? So the, the medical jargon lingo. So if somebody had a fever, so a temperature of, um, of um, you know, over 100.8. So, um, you know, just, you know, low-grade fever of, you know, 99 isn't anything that we're particularly concerned about because there can be a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, anything, um, you know, over 100.8 is something that we'd be worried about. So that's, uh, so again, that's why it's important for people to check their, temp check their temperatures with a thermometer. Thank you. So the, uh, um, just want to talk about our uh, public health lab testing. So, so far, um, 178 Erie County residents have been tested um, by um, a combination of the Erie County Public Health Lab, um, the Wadsworth Public Health Lab, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's lab. So among those, there were 21 Erie County residents who tested positive, 157 residents who tested negative, and so far we have 378 tests that are pending that we um, have either already received the specimens or else the, uh, those individuals have already been scheduled by the Erie County Health Department to, uh, to appear at one of our specimen collection locations at an exact uh, time, uh, exact date and exact time. And so we're expecting to the receive those specimens. So if um, somebody is, um, has been, had a conversation with their primary care provider and was told that um, they would try to organize testing from them and they did not hear back from someone at the Erie County Health Department with instructions to appear at a certain location and an exact date and exact time, that means you are not scheduled for a test. And so far, um, we, uh, so we would not expect that you would have a test um, in the next couple days because we have not contacted you. So um, uh, thanks. Because of our, um, um, uh, <clears throat> our, laboratory, our public health laboratory, actually, uh, testing capability is limited right now. Um, we have a shortage of certain laboratory supplies. So um, we are not going to be able to test any additional individuals um, um, among, um, over and above what the individuals that we have already scheduled for testing. So again, if um, you are hoping to hear back from your health care provider or from the Erie County Health Department and have not heard back yet about a scheduled date and time for testing, um, we will not be able to test you in the near future. We have been working uh, very closely with New York State and with um, all our commercial vendors um, to, try to, to try to obtain um, more of the supplies that we need to conduct further testing. And uh, that's, um, so far we have not received any of these additional, enough additional supplies to, um, to be able to do further testing. So that does not mean we will not do further testing in the future, we just right now don't have the supplies we need to uh, conduct additional testing to, um, above those what we have already scheduled. So um, let's talk about the people who are in isolation and quarantine. 
So as of this evening, there are 21 people in isolation. So that means that's either somebody, those means are the person who had a positive uh, COVID-19 test. And then there are 241 people who are in quarantine. So that means those are individuals who we've identified have had uh, a high risk exposure, either they've come in close contact with somebody with a positive COVID-19 uh, test result, or um, they have been to a high-risk area and have, uh, and have symptoms of COVID-19 and are going to be tested uh, hopefully in the near future. So um, in the health department, we're really um, asking people to monitor themselves if they're concerned that they are at risk of COVID-19. So um, the, uh, the individuals that we really wanna prioritize and stress for monitoring are people who are family and close contacts to somebody who had a positive COVID-19 uh, test, um, as the elderly and people with chronic conditions, because we know those individuals can become very, very ill if they do develop COVID-19. And also healthcare providers and people that work in medical facilities. You know, these are our backbone of our healthcare and we really need those individuals to stay well and be able to work in, uh, in the healthcare system. And we wanna make sure that we don't have to remove them unnecessarily because of a, uh, a potential risk of exposure. So we're, we're, very, we're being very thorough working with our healthcare agencies to monitor those individuals for fever and, uh, and also uh, a cough or shortness of breath. So um, again, we're, we're asking all Erie County residents to self-monitor. Um, you know, as I read that list of places where individuals who were potentially uh, contagious with COVID-19 had been in our community over the past couple days, um, both today and yesterday, um, you can tell that's a lot of different places where a lot of people go. And, and probably all of us um, had been to one of these locations in, you know, within the past week. So I think we have to assume that COVID-19 is everywhere in our community. And so we just have to be, take responsible actions to, uh, to monitor ourselves and then reduce the risk of exposure of other people from smart social distancing or physical distancing. So with self-monitoring, um, we want uh, people to, uh, again, pay attention to their temperature, um, check your temperature uh, twice daily, and then also you know, check your body, making sure that you don't have a cough or uh, shortness of breath. But I think that um, you know, people have to assume that it's everywhere. And if when we do find out that there has been a location where somebody who is potentially contagious has been, you know, we will let viewers know through our media outlets and, uh, and so people will be aware. But again, um, the list that I'm reading is not, I'm sure is not inclusive of all the places that people who have been, who've had a positive test for COVID-19. So I just want to, um, again, to um, uh, let people know where they can get some great information. So again, we have our Erie County hotline uh, to get information around COVID-19 and that is 858-2929. Again, it's 858-2929. 
And so uh, we're receiving a very high volume of calls at this uh, center. So I think people who call have to be expect to uh, be on hold and have a wait. And also, this is to answer specific questions that people have about specific situations that they may encounter in their lives. And we really are not going to be able to accommodate hypothetical questions. And also, um, the wait time could be high at times because of the call volume. Um, again, we are uh, deploying as many uh, Erie County uh, staff in general to work and man our hotline. Uh, and if you know, people don't want to wait um, to speak to somebody live, there are some great information on our website at www.erie.gov COVID-19. Also, the New York State Health Department and the, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention all have COVID-19 websites that you can look at, and they all have great up-to-date factual information. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Burstein. Appreciate it. And of course, Dr. Burstein will be available for questions in a few minutes. Uh, we have, of course, a guidance for businesses. As you all know, all bars, restaurants, theaters, gyms, casinos are closed as of 8 p.m. Uh, on the 16th. Takeout food only. Uh, the Erie County Department of Health is inspecting with the Erie County Sheriff's Office to ensure that the restaurants are following the rules, the bars are following the rules. And uh, we do ask uh, people to utilize, or I should say patronize, your local uh, restaurateur. Uh, we want to keep as much of our uh, local economy going, including ensuring that these businesses can succeed. Well, it's going to be a very, very difficult time for them. So please order food from takeout from, or delivery. We've been doing that here. We've got a lot of food that we've been ordering from various restaurants uh, for our staff because uh, you've got a staff that's working hard. You've got to feed them during lunch and dinner, and that's what we're doing, and we're asking everybody as best as possible to also uh, utilize local restaurants. And then, of course, the governor once again uh, clarified his order of last week. All, businesses, all places of businesses are ordered to operate at no greater than 50% occupancy, no greater than 50% seating capacity. If your workforce is 1,000, you've got to find a way to get that workforce in your location down to 500. This does not require you to lay off your workforce. There was some discrepancy in questions about that. Uh, we were not trying to say that businesses had to reduce their workforce by 50% and lay people off, but they are required to reduce to the occupancy of 50% uh, as well as to ensure that their numbers are such that mo more people, if you can do it, are working at home rather than working in the office. Now, we know that's not eligible for all businesses, uh, but those are the rules that have been set by Governor Cuomo. He also uh, did a few other things today. Uh, I just Well, before I go into that, I just want to remind everybody that those the, those rules and the ones I'm going to talk about do not apply to hospitals, healthcare providers, mass transit, law enforcement, nursing homes, and retail establishments, including grocery stores. So that 50% threshold does not apply to those entities. If you do not and are not included in that description of exempted organizations, you have to reduce. I've had questions with regards to the beauty industry, tattoo parlors, things like that. You have to reduce. So we want people, there's no exemptions other than hospitals, healthcare providers, mass transit, law enforcement, nursing home, retail establishments, including grocery stores. Also, effective as of 8 o'clock tomorrow, the governor has ordered 
that all malls are to close, though if you have a freestanding store attached to a mall and have an exterior entrance, you can be open. So if you are at, let's say, the Galleria Mall, there's a Dick's there, there's a Macy's, there's a Lord & Taylor with a freestanding entrance, you can stay open. Every other uh, location inside the mall must close. All entrances to the malls must be closed, and that's effective as of 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So a lot of people were worried about the malls. We were worried about the malls. I talked to the governor's office about it, said we need to do something to ensure. The governor, as he noted in his press conference earlier today, it's better to do it blanket-wide across New York State than to have these do it by county by county. So that's what the governor did, is he implemented that rule earlier today to ensure that we are treated the same in Erie County as we are in Chautauqua County and Niagara County. Uh, so for those that operate malls, you have to shut down. Mark Poland eight o'clock tomorrow night on WBE. Freestanding stores can continue uh, operating uh, as long as they have an entrance that is uh, exterior to the premises. Is not just an entrance that you have to come in through the mall. Of course, uh, there is a large. Once again, these are the exemptions. So those uh, have an opportunity to see the exemptions that exist. It would be silly to shut down or go at half capacity for hospitals and nursing homes and health care providers. Uh, but uh, we are at 50% capacity, and we're doing our best to ensure that we're getting there with the appropriate level of staff in the departments that need it and other ones that are basically being shut down. Uh, but all other businesses except the exempt organizations must do the same. So once again, it doesn't matter if you're General Motors, the Ford Stamping Plant, Geico, or the mom-and-pop uh, uh, nail salons, beauty salons, you all have to go to the, the half, uh, per, uh, the 50 percent percentage. Uh, guidance on events and gatherings, of course, large gatherings, events are ordered to be canceled or postponed if over 50 people are to be present. That's in effect until further notice. I had someone reach out to me today regarding slow roll, saying, wouldn't it be great to have slow roll? And our answer is no, that is got to be canceled. I've talked about how it's good for people to get out and try to get outside with your family, ride a bike. That's good. We can't have slow roll with a thousand people, mass gathering, riding around the city of Buffalo. Well, I know you'd like to do that. Get out on your own bike and do it, but we can't have a mass gathering like that. That's exactly how you're going to share COVID-19 is with a mass gathering like that. Of course, uh, we still have a very big concern with regards to blood donations. Uh, we are currently at less than a five-day supply of blood. If you are healthy and eligible, please consider donating. Uh, Connect Life, as well as the Red Cross, our two major uh, blood uh, uh, providers, blood banks. You need, if you've done it in the past, we ask that you do it again. Uh, this is, we've had a question about this. This is a respiratory illness, COVID-19. It does not appear that it could be transferred through blood. Is that correct? That is correct. So if you're worried that I might have it, but I don't want to do it, if I'm not certain if I have it, if you're feeling good, but you're worried, you normally would give blood. We're asking you to go out and give blood. Uh, COVID-19, as best as all medical profession can determine, cannot be transferred through blood. It's a respiratory illness that would basically be transferred from sneezing, sneezing or coughing on someone. So please get out there if you're a blood donor, donate blood. Uh, we don't want to be put in a situation where we have a lack of supply. Uh, mental health resources, we know there's a lot of people that are uh, getting a little cabin fever and are very concerned about what's going on in the world. Uh, there are resources that are available. Uh, crisis service hotline is 716-834-3131. 
Uh, if you're feeling stressed, you're, you just want to talk to someone, you're, you're at your, your wit's end, uh, we want people to uh, call crisis services. And also, I, talked, I released this earlier on Twitter, uh, we have seen an uptick in, the, uptick in the last two weeks with regards to overdoses. And in many of these situations, the overdoses are not just directly fentanyl or heroin overdoses. They are those with individuals who are intaking cocaine. So we know we often hear about individuals that talk about recreational drugs, and they think there's no harm in cocaine. Well, you can die from an overdose of cocaine, but what we're seeing is an increase in cocaine that's laced with fentanyl, which has two very bad things. Number one, it's more addictive because you're getting addicted to the fentanyl, the opiate-based thing, so you're going to want to do more of it. And number two, your body's not used to that if all you've ever done before is cocaine, and we're seeing overdoses and deaths. So we want people to understand this is not a way to relieve your stress is by going to cocaine. I'd rather not be talking about this, but I have to talk about it because we have seen overdoses, including deaths recently, associated with what we can determine people thought they were just doing cocaine. Uh, I talked to Cheryl Moore, the head of our opiate task force. She confirmed it. Uh, so we want people to understand our addiction hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 831-7007. Once again, if you've got mental health issues and you're stressed, call 834-3131. If you want to talk to a trained uh, professional about addiction issues, drug use issues, you should call our 24-7 hotline at 831-7007. Uh, once again, we have important resources. We've, uh, the doctor talked about this, the COVID-19 hotline, 858-2929. Uh, we have various... Uh, uh, websites that are available, the county's website, the state's website, the CDC website. Please trust these websites. This is accurate information that's coming out from health professionals. As I said, just because you saw it on social media, you saw it on Facebook, you saw it on Twitter, you saw it on Instagram, doesn't make it so just because your friend posted it. Trust the resources from our health professionals, not something you saw from your Aunt Ginny who said, hey, I saw this, it must be true. It's not necessarily true. Trust the health professionals, and when we get accurate information, we will let you know in the public. Of course, we have an English language page uh, for COVID-19, and we also have a Spanish language page, uh, and we want people to understand if they're Spanish speakers, we can provide that to you as well. Uh, we have emergency support functions. Our Commissioner of Emergency Services, Homeland Security, Dan Neverth, is here. Uh, on the screen are a lot of these emergency support functions. Uh, and pretty much all of them have been activated in one form or another. We have individuals here. The primary response to this matter is being run out of the Wrath Building. We've seen uh, a number of calls from individuals to close the Wrath Building. We also have operations at our Emergency Operations Center but the and the Sheriff's Office and some other off-site locations, including our public health campus. Because of the scope and severity of this, uh, which we will believe will grow, uh, we are running it out of the Wrath Building. So for those who are saying, why is the Wrath Building open, including uh, representatives of a local union, I'm very disappointed that one of the representatives of a local union was out there saying we need to close the Wrath Building. Well, if we close the Wrath Building, we're shutting down the Department of Health headquarters. And they have, their, their, their location is here, the information that they need is here. We literally have to shut down our response to COVID-19 for a couple days till we could move everything out of the Wrath Building to another location. So those that are out there saying you must close the Wrath Building, including a representative of one of the local unions, and you know who you are because you've been constantly posting it, you would actually put the public's health at risk if we did that. 
So I'm just putting that out there so the public understands why the Rath building is open. Uh, we have limited business, of course. There is business that is open, individuals who are still applying for social services in person. You can do it online. Not everyone has the ability, so we have to have some availability for individuals to apply for social services. We, I have heard from our Commissioner of Social Service, as well as others, we have seen a dramatic increase in individuals who are seeking public assistance now that they may be out of a job. Uh, so our services are still here. Uh, there's very limited services that are available and open to the public in the RATH building other than primarily uh, the uh, Department of Social Services and the clerk's office. Uh, the clerk, Mickey Kearns, advised me that they will be shutting down their uh, Department of Motor Vehicle locations, I believe effective Friday, though I, would, uh, I, I don't have it written down, and, and, I, and I want you to go to the clerk's office website uh, to confirm the actual time in which they'll be shutting down some of their DMVs. But as of right now, the Rath building is open and will be open. Uh, now at this time, uh, I'd just like to say before we open up to questions and answers, there's a lot of, lot of uh, questions out there from the public. Uh, we do offer the phone number to answer those that are directly related to COVID-19. If you have questions that are related to services that are provided in the general community, uh, services that may be available to you, we ask that you call 211. Uh, we are all in this together. We have all of these partners that are coming in, whether it's our child care resources, our resources from the health community, the law enforcement community. We know people are getting scared. The thought of potentially having to deal with this for, for many weeks is very, very concerning. The governor announced yesterday that it is believed that the peak would not hit until 45 days from yesterday. So we're talking about a month and a half. Uh, as I said a few days ago, we've entered uncharted waters. Uh, we are just entering the beginning of the storm. Uh, we're going to see increases in the number of positive tests we have with COVID-19 as long as we have testing materials. We have testing materials to probably get us through tomorrow. If you have not already scheduled a test, we will only schedule tests once we have testing materials. Testing materials were not available to Erie County until basically two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And as such, it's not like we could produce these testing materials. As we know, no one was talking about COVID-19 a year ago. It was just a few months ago that they started talking about it in China. Uh, and we are at the mercy of the federal government and the resources that we've been able to get from the CDC. And now, thankfully, have been able to get from Governor Cuomo and his team. I want to thank Governor Cuomo and his team for the tremendous work they're doing. They're working 18 to 20-hour days. Our folks are working 18, 20-hour days. I think they're doing an exemplary job of leading our state through the storm. We will do all that we can to lead our community through the storm. But for those who are wondering, are we there at the end yet? Uh, we're not even at the end of the beginning. We are just entering the storm. There's going to be a lot that we're going to have to deal with. I ask for everyone's patience. Uh, get out there if you can. Walk around. Take your dog for a walk. Go out there with your family. Uh, patronize our local restaurants and bars with takeout. You can do takeout and bars, and I think probably people in Buffalo are very happy about that. Uh, do not hoard goods. I was out earlier today, stopped off at a local pharmacy that also has groceries, and I was very pleased to see that they were fully stocked and the goods were not hoarded. Uh, the supply chain for our grocery stores, our pharmacies, has not been compromised. They are getting supplies. You do not need to be, buy four months worth of this. Supplies will be available. You can still go to the store. There are no driving bans. We want people to understand we're trying to reduce the interaction so we're not spreading it quickly. But there is community spread in, in, with the cases that we've seen. 
uh, and we want people to understand that it, as I noted, there are uh, a number of communities that have uh, COVID-19, and just I'm going to just relay that once again by the number of cases, and it is all over Erie County. There are seven cases in Amherst. There is one case in the town of Aurora, which also includes the village of East Aurora. There are four cases in Buffalo. There are two cases in Clarence. There is one case in Elma, one case in Grand Island, two cases in Hamburg, which one of them is in the uh, village of Blaisdell, one case in Holland, the new case that we have in North Collins, and one case in Orchard Park, in the town of Amherst, a number of those cases are in the village of Williamsville, but not all of them. It is already in our community. We know it's being spread in our community. I fully expect when we get new test results, either tonight or tomorrow, that we will have more positive uh, results. And I just want people to understand if we stay all together, if we understand we're all in this together, we will get through this as best as we can as a community. We're working very hard to protect the public. We're working very hard to anticipate the issues we're going to deal in the future, including the need for additional hospital beds and ICU beds. I've been in conference calls with leaders of our hospital units, with partners in our community who've offered their location for potential makeshift hospitals that we would building as quickly as possible. Uh, so we're putting everything in place that we think could be the worst case scenario. I'm hoping because of the actions we take, we do not get a worst case scenario. We get a best case scenario. But we know that COVID-19 is here, and we are going to have to deal with it for the foreseeable future. With that, I'll open it up to questions from the news media. Mark Poland, Cars News Conference. Uh, we have an update. The Walmart, which Walmart is this? I thought there were two Walmarts. The Boulevard. Oh, the Boulevard Mall Walmart is actually on Niagara Falls Boulevard, technically in North Tonawanda. So the Walmart that is listed as Niagara Falls Boulevard in Amherst, where there was a public exposure on March 13th at 1 p.m., is a Walmart that is actually not in Erie County in Amherst. It is a Walmart in, in, in North. I'm looking because there's two Walmarts on Niagara Falls Boulevard. Were they both at the one in North Tonawanda? North Tonawanda, not Amherst. So as you can see, these things can sometimes change on the fly. Uh, we'll open it up for questions. We'll do a ask every uh, news media operation to ask one question. We'll Joe Beamer is coming up after 7 o'clock to take your phone calls on WBEN. This is the County Executive's News Conference. Question. I just ask that you identify who you are so the listeners elsewhere know who is asking the question. First question goes to WKBW-TV Channel 7. Sorry, Nikki Dementry from Channel 7. Um, first question, I know you talked about testing and we talked um, extensively about testing, but um, Dr. Burstein, you said uh, testing materials could come in the near future. What does this timeline look like? Do we have a clear timeline? Is it How soon will the new testing materials be delivered to Erie County? Uh, <clears throat> So we do not have a timeline for when we will uh, receive the supplies that we need. Um, there is a national shortage of uh, viral swab collection kits. There's a national shortage of the reagents that you need to, to use to run the tests. So uh, you know, we're in competition with uh, many other labs across the country 
for these supplies. Uh, we are trying our best through all the channels that we have available to us uh, to be able to obtain those supplies. And, uh, and we're hoping that we will be able to uh, test again in the near future. There, is, um, there, there are tests um, available through uh, Quest Laboratory and LabCorp Laboratory and, and some, maybe some other commercial laboratories. So um, just because uh, uh, we cannot collect this, we cannot run the tests, um, there are still options uh, to get tested through commercial laboratories and also the New York State Health Department's Wadsworth Laboratory is still running tests. So um, again, it's not as convenient for Erie County residents, but you can, if people who want to get tested, uh, they can talk to their healthcare provider and, uh, and to see if that those tests can be arranged by another laboratory. Thank you, Doctor. The next uh, question is to WGRZ TV Channel 2. Uh, is anybody on from Channel 2? If not, we will go to WIVB TV Channel 4. Yeah, thank you. Uh, back to the testing supply shortage. Is it safe to say that at this point you're only testing extreme cases? and that you would be able to test even more tomorrow than you will be testing tomorrow because of that shortage? Um, we have, um, so we have tests that we, um, with specimens that we have in our public health laboratory right now that we plan to test over the next couple days. And we do have some individuals scheduled tomorrow to, um, to, uh, be, we, to have some specimens collected that will be tested. Um, and then beyond that, um, you know, we'll have to decide on a case-by-case -case basis if uh, we will be able to uh, test any specimens. Again, um, there are other venues for these tests to be run by commercial laboratories and by the uh, Wadsworth uh, New York State Department of Health Public Health Lab. Um, and when we do receive those additional testing supplies, we'll reassess and um, make tests available in the community as we are able. Thank you. Next question to Spectrum News Buffalo. Is anybody on from Spectrum News? If not, we will go to WBEN AM Radio. Hi, Mark. Mike uh, Baggerman here. You, yesterday you said it was 225 pending results, and obviously there's a Were all of the 225 pending results yesterday the question was oh, there were 225 pending results as of yesterday uh, I believe many of those have not been fully tested yet uh, right so um, we there was uh, a run um, a small run uh, conducted overnight and there uh, are additional runs um, being conducted this afternoon and this evening and then we will do more runs tomorrow. We, we have enough reagents to get through all the t all these specimens uh, that we have collected and are scheduled to collect. Um, you know, we have a limited capability of the number of specimens that can be tested uh, during each day, and we um, so we have a little bit of a backlog. We will get through them, and uh, people um, who have specimens collected will receive their test results. Thank you. Uh, next question to WBFO-FM Radio. Now, Mike Desmond at WBFO. How can you possibly, from a public health point of view, figure out how bad the situation is if you can't tell? 
question was how can you figure out from a public health point of view how bad the situation is if you can't test? Well, um, we will, we are still continuing to test. Um, again, we have hundreds of specimens um, in our public health lab and even more um, that we we are going to be testing. And um, you know, similar to what we do with influenza and uh, other reportable diseases, um, we will look at trends. We'll look at other trends across New York State. And, uh, and across the United States and, and look, you know, collectively at those numbers that are, uh, are positive and really, you know, gauge uh, the, um, the, the number of, uh, of potential cases in our area, you know, based on you know, what we're seeing, you know, statewide and nationally. I mean, we know that uh, we are going to go up um, and uh, we're not really sure where we're going to meet our peak. And there is still being testing um, done uh, by our commercial health labs and by our Wadsworth Public Health Lab in Albany. So it's not that testing will completely come to a stop. There is going to be, um, you know, testing done, uh, some testing done in our area by other labs, and we're hoping to resume testing. And there is testing done by New York State and uh, in the rest of the United States. So um, we will be we are getting data from uh, test results in um, in our area and other parts of New York State and the rest of the United States. So it's not a test-free zone. Um, we're just not going to have as be able to do as many tests from our area as we had in the past. And I, and I will note the 378 pending are not just Erie County. They are also including other communities. Uh, and so we are doing our best to get through that based on requests from the New York State Department of Health to test. But it was, as noted, 378 pending from received and planned specimen collection from Erie and outside counties. We are hoping to get through that as quickly as possible, but we do have limitations on the other tests that we can do in the future just because of the issues that we have with the materials for testing. And, and this is really, it's a national shortage. So, I mean, there are labs all across New York State and all across the country that are, uh, are experiencing these same shortages and, and uh, you work, you know, we're competing with these other labs. So we are not the only lab in New York State or the United States that is experiencing uh, the, these, uh, these you know, uh, testing limitations because of supply shortages. Uh, we have multiple, I think, from the Buffalo News. We have the city desk. Is anyone available from the city desk? If not, Sandy, Tan, from the Buffalo News. Yes, hi. Um, I'm here. Uh, so uh, I have several questions, uh, but before that, I just want to say, um, as a print media person, I cannot see you and hear you synchronized in live time, uh, but I can hear you at least. Um, so can you be a little more explicit regarding um, how many cases you have pending and how many cases you are currently testing and how many cases you think you will be able to complete before, um, before you run out uh, tomorrow. And I'm also interested to know whether you've been in communication with Roswell Park, Kaleida, um, ECMC regarding their ability to come online sometime really soon to help out. The, well, to, first off, I'll finish the second part. Yes, we have been in touch with those. I've been in touch with Tom Krachochi from ECMC, uh, Candace Johnson from Roswell Park. Uh, they are kind of in the same pickle we are. Uh, they are just getting approved by the state, but they do not have any of the materials that are necessary, the reagents and such, to perform the task. So, uh, and I'm, I've talked to my colleagues across New York State and some of them across the country, and 
I think we're actually in some ways a better position than some of the areas across the country due to the fact that we've been able to do more tests than they have, partially because we've been able to get them originally from the CDC, but then also from New York State. Uh, but uh, when it comes to our partner agencies, they're not able to do any testing because, number one, they may not have officially been approved by New York State yet, and even if they've been approved, they don't have the materials to do it. I'll let the doc do the second portion. Sure. Um, so um, the last that I spoke with my uh, public health lab, um, you know, we do have enough reagent to cover all the testing that um, we expect we that we uh, the spec to cover the specimens that we have available in our public health lab now, and to uh, cover the test the specimens that we are expecting to receive. So we think that's um, probably about um, you know 550 or, or 600 specimens. Again, we have um, you know specimens that we receive um, from the New York State Department of Health from um, the Western New York area. So um, you know it's it's not just Erie County. So as an Erie County Health Commissioner, I'm not aware of all the tests, um, the specimens that the public health lab has discussed with um, the other. Uh, local health departments in New York State that they expect to receive. But I can assure you that we do have enough reagent to, uh, to run the tests for all the specimens that have been collected so far and from all the residents that have uh, been told that they will have specimens collected uh, tomorrow. So we, um, we will go through and, and if you have been told by somebody at the health department that you are scheduled to have a specimen collection then um, we can assure that you will get tested. Um, for those individuals who have not heard back yet and uh, they're waiting to hear back from their healthcare provider, um, that means that you do not have any testing scheduled and you will have to talk to your healthcare provider about some alternative options for getting tested. But again, you know, regardless, we know that there is COVID-19 here in this community. We know that there is community transmission and we know what we need to do to prevent the spread of infection. So remember, it still stands that we have to implement these non-pharmaceutical interventions. And so uh, it's important to wash our hands as much as we can with uh, running water and soap. It's important that we uh, proper, uh, practice good respiratory etiquette, either sneeze into a tissue or sneeze into your arm and cover your mouth and your nose um, and then wash your hands. It's important that if you're sick, stay away from other people, or if your children are sick, stay away from, uh, have your, make sure your children stay away from other people, especially the elderly. So, uh, you know, they'll have to forego seeing their grandparents. You really wanna stay away from the elderly for people that are sick or uh, people with other chronic conditions. Also, if there's, uh, you see somebody out who's sick or even someone in your house is sick, you know, stay away from them uh, so they, you know, they can remain in their own separate area in the house or in their own room. But really, we have to practice good physical distancing, so staying away from other people. And that's regardless if you have a test or you don't have a test. Those are still you know, important uh, um, basic tenets that we have to practice as well as keeping these services that are especially frequently touched clean. And next question to business first. Is there anybody on from business first? If not, next question to Western New York Media. No one's on from Western New York Media. We'll go back to the top to Channel 7, WKBW. Are you still on? Sure, yes. Um, so this question, going back to the RAF building for a second, um, you know, uh, a county employee um, spoke with us and said that 
uh, two county employees are under quarantine after exposure to virus on the road. Is this true? Are there any Erie County employees that are in quarantine right now? Have any county employees been tested for COVID-19? Uh, um, you know, as, uh, as a Erie County Health Commissioner, um, I cannot uh, really discuss any uh, specific cases. Um, I can just tell you in general uh, what we're seeing so that people have the information they need to stay healthy. But I really cannot discuss any individual cases. I am not aware of any case uh, of an individual who may be in quarantine. Uh, there's a lot of rumors that go around that are often false rumors. You've seen some of them that I've talked about in the past. Uh, but we are not allowed to talk about a particular individual, but I am not aware of any county employee that is in quarantine. Uh, there are potentially hundreds of people in quarantine right now across Erie County. Uh, we know that there are people that uh, have unfortunately uh, tested positive that have been in contact with others. Generally, it is the family members that are in immediate quarantine, uh, but I am not aware of any individual that is in immediate quarantine, uh, quarantine of any kind that's an Erie County employee. Uh, is has channel two returned or not? If not, we'll go to channel four. I think George's. I'm all set. Okay, uh, Spectrum. Hey there. Um, so we just had a question. Is it true that a drive-through testing site at Twin District Fire Hall in William Street in Lancaster has been set up? Uh, yes, there was um, a, uh, a, a specimen collection clinic, a drive-through clinic at that site. That is not open to general public, though. You had to actually have been approved by your doctor in the Department of Health. You were assigned a time, but that is being shut down because we don't have the ability to test anymore. And, um, and also, um, you know, we have had people come in and, uh, and you know, claim that they have been authorized. You know, we do have a current list. And, uh, and so if people are not on that list, we will not be able to, to uh, collect a specimen from them. And it is being uh, guarded by the sheriff's office. There are sheriff's deputies on site. Uh, individuals have, as the doc, doctor, see it's tough to get rid of eight years of saying doc. Uh, the doctor has noted, we've had individuals who've shown up saying I have authorization, but they don't. We know who's authorized, uh, but that site has been closed or is about to be closed due to the lack of having testing materials. Uh, Mike Baggerman, are you still there from WBEN? Yes, Mark, uh, just one more question. Uh, we had a chance to speak with a coronavirus patient from the area yesterday, and I know a lot of other television stations have also been uh, talking with them as well. Some of the common things they've been saying is that they're finding it difficult to get a, a constant streamline of communication between themselves and the County Department of Health. What can you guys do to assure them that their needs are being met, especially considering they are a confirmed case. Well, so uh, these individuals um, under isolation and quarantine are, um, uh, we, you know, the health department is uh, working to uh, reach out to them on a uh, scheduled basis, a routine basis. And, um, you know, I know that it is so stressful uh, being isolated from the community and, and having to be in quarantine for 14 days. And I understand that these individuals may, you know, want to reach out and talk to people. And, uh, and I think um, 
You know, uh, our county executive uh, posted some great resources for individuals, uh, first at crisis services. So if people are, are getting very stressed and anxious for being in quarantine, um, they should reach out to crisis services. You know, also uh, there is uh, great information around uh, mental health providers available at uh, calling 211. And I know that um, our local mental health providers and our substance use providers are really being able to switch to, uh, to tele offering telehealth services so that individuals who may be in, in uh, isolation or quarantine or individuals that would prefer you know, not to go out and sit in a waiting room uh, would be able to access services um, from their mental health providers and even some healthcare providers um, through uh, telehealth services. I know that the state is, um, is um, opening up access for, the, for that and, uh, you know, and, and the regulations have changed to be more permissive for providers to do that. So people do have options um, to reach out, um, not only to the health department, um, because we really have a limited ability to, um, to really um, you know, reach out and have good counseling sessions and good support sessions so that we have these other opportunities in our community like crisis services and, and calling uh, 211 um, for other suggestions. And I would note that uh, the individuals who are tested positive, we do have a standard protocol of contact. And if they are dealing with different health issues, such as their health condition change, they should immediately call their doctor, uh, who will then contact us to determine what is appropriate for that individual, whether they should be moved to hospital or not. Uh, the next question is to WBFO. Mike Desmond, are you still there? Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.